create your life with the stories you tell yourself. Want more fun, love, and money? Then write your new story and live into it. Louis DiBianco's podcast, Change Your Story, Change Your Life, shows you how to discover your empowering story. You'll meet many successful people who have created magnificent lives, even when the odds were stacked against them. Plus, you'll learn the secrets of great storytelling that can explode your business. And now, here is your host, Louis DiBianco. All pain comes from resistance. One of my mentors, T. Harv Eker, said that, and I never forgot it. It's profound. Hey, hello, storytellers, and welcome to another episode of Change Your Story, Change Your Life. I'm your host, Louis DiBianco. We're fortunate that our host, Audible, is enriching lives. They are offering you, our storytellers, a free audiobook download of your choice, plus a one-month free trial of all of Audible service. And you get to choose from more than 180,000 titles. Simply go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power and take advantage of this wonderful gift. Remember that this show is enriched by our dialogue with you. So keep your comments and inspired thoughts coming. Send them to Lewis, L-O-U-I-S, at changeyourstorypodcast.com. Today's guest is an expert on pain. He's a mind-body health consultant, life coach and author who wrote The Great Pain Deception, Dr. John Sarno's Top 10 Healing Discoveries, based on Dr. Sarno's work and our guest's own experience, plus 10 years of intensive research. In the past 16 years, he has helped to teach thousands of people how to heal themselves through his lectures, books, articles, and interviews. He's a health blogger with Jennings Wire, a health lecturer, a certified personal fitness trainer, acoustic guitar player, and a golf swing coach. Well, why stop there? He also wrote two children's books. His latest must-read book is Back Pain, Permanent Healing, Understanding the Myths, Lies, and Confusion. He has received high praise for his work from many people, including... Howard Stern, who healed his own back pain using Dr. Sarno's and our guest's approach. And we all know that Howard does not tolerate phonies. Get pumped up to listen to Steve Ozanich. Steve, welcome to Change Your Story, Change Your Life. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here and to spread this great message. Let's begin spreading that message why would someone defend their pain and hold on to it? You couldn't start it with a better question than that, because, um, as you know, I did not believe this, this stuff about Dr. Sarno's work. I was in pain for 30 years, nonstop back pain for 30 years. I tried everything. And when I first read his book, that back pain was an emotional process and a resistance, like you said in the opening there, which is a true statement. Um, I rejected it. And about 80 to 85% of the people who 
could be healed from pain, all types of pain, will reject it. And it's for the reasons that I wrote in that book that you mentioned, Back Pain Permanent Healing, that I wrote that book to explain why people do not want to heal. They want their pain gone, but there's a big difference between healing and getting rid of symptoms. And so, as you know, in that book, I called it an EPS denouement. When the ego and the placebo and the symptom imperative all come together, we do not want to heal. But healing can occur, and it does every day. I, I see it virtually every day now through the books, through Dr. Sarno's work. Steve, for uh, imagine that right now you were speaking to a, a total layman. They have, they have no knowledge of the... Uh, terms in your book, and you want to, and they say to you, "Well, why would I defend my own pain and hold on to it?" In in simple terms, what would you say to them? This was Doctor Sarno's genius discovery called TMS. Ten, he called it tension myoneural syndrome at first, and then when he saw it was way more than pain, it affected all types of health and even the emotional process. He changed that to the mind body syndrome. He discovered through 50 years of clinical practice that the mind is diverting unwanted thoughts and emotions to the body. And of course, it began with back pain. That was his, that was probably the central theme of his, his body of work. And it does this because the, the thoughts and the emotions become so threatening at some point, so threatening to us that we just automatically repress them into the back where the brain actually reduces the blood flow to create a pain on purpose so that we will obsess on the body and away from what is the true cause of it. And that causes always guilt and shame. Wow, that's powerful. So if I'm hearing you correctly, uh, let's say I'm suffering from intense back pain and I reject the idea in your book and my reason for wanting to defend my pain is because if I let it go, if I find a way to let it go, then I'm going to have to deal with a very painful emotional issue that I've been avoiding for years. Absolutely correct. And okay. that's why that's why the people would prefer to have the physical pain because the emotional pain is far more dangerous to us. And also, if we can blame it on the body, we can say a herniated disc or my dad had a bad back or... I heard it 25 years ago, then we can escape accountability for our own lives and we can blame it on the body, on something else. And then the root cause of it remains, but it will not go away. Even mm. with surgery, drugs, stretching, chiropractic, acupuncture, it doesn't matter. It will not go away. It will only change forms. Yeah, you know, and uh, to make things clear for my storytellers, my listeners, um, Steve is not saying that you would be a person who says, no, I would rather have my pain. No, no, no. That's happening at an unconscious level. At a conscious level, you're saying, I don't want this pain. Correct? Great, great distinction. Yeah, it's very important because it's a very offensive message. It was to me too. So when people get angry, when I tell them about this, I understand why they get angry. And that was very important distinction. Thank you for making that. I'm not saying you want it. You know, we don't want to suffer. Of course, the old maxim says, you know, the pain's inevitable, suffering is a choice. Because mm. I can bring this information to people. And I can say, look, I can take your knee pain, your ankle pain, all of this away from you. And they'll look at it and they'll just shake their head and say, no, nah, 
No. And of course, part of that, of course, is that their doctor told them that they have something wrong with them. So I would love to know what was the thing that made you go from, no, this is ridiculous, to saying, okay, I'll give it a shot, to then discovering, wow, this really was the answer for me. Yes. Well, good question. Again, I I threw his book when I first read it because I thought he was just a crazy old man writing books. And uh, turns out that now I teach his work around the world because I opened up my mind. But I had to because I got worse. My left leg was paralyzed at one point in the 1990s for nine months where I had to drag it around. No more reflexes, no more feeling, foot drop, numbness no sensation at all. And they kept telling me it was a pinched nerve, but it wasn't. It's not a pinched nerve. It's a lack of oxygen to the nerve through great unconscious rage. Well, I got worse. I was that about 50 pounds down in weight and I'm not a heavy person. And so I got desperate and I went back. It, it, what he wrote just made so much sense because this is not a physical body problem. This is a personality issue. It's, it, it's more likely to come from a personality that we call the type T for tension. So I, mm. I revisited it because I got worse. So it was like a last, uh, you know, okay, uh, nothing else has worked. Let me see. I'll give this quack a shot. Yes, I was trying to avoid surgery at all costs, which I think most people want to do. And we know uh. now it doesn't really work. It, it, the placebo is so powerful in, in everything in our lives. We're now calling it the healing the healing process instead of the placebo effect but yeah i i got so bad that i could not eat anymore i was crawling around on my on my hands and knees on the floor and i thought you know what this guy i think i'll take another look at this guy well then the tears started flowing when you start realizing he's right you're blocking so many aspects of yourself that you do not want to know that you're almost hoping your doctor finds something to blame it on hey look there's arthritis there there's bone on bone which is this new thing that drives me crazy you know even just hearing that now knowing what i know it makes me cringe this bone on bone but those people heal anyway i mean i have bone on bone in my ankle and it, that pain went away too and so this is not a physical body process but we always have to state this to be careful make sure there's nothing serious going on there i, mean, I run into people where they had an aneurysm there in their back and they need to get that taken care of we're not telling people to ignore their doctors you might want to just make sure that you're okay first and then you ignore what you see on the images. Ignore the arthritis, ignore the herniated discs, ignore the stenosis, ignore the crookedness. All of that stuff that they're saying is proven clinically that does not cause pain. The brain, the brain simply attacks those areas sometimes if it needs to divert you to your body. And you can see how profoundly uh, paradigm shifting this is. Well, absolutely. I mean, one of the reasons I got excited when I read your book was I said, my God, this is a powerful expression of change your story, change your life, that it's literal. It really is, because I believe it is literal, that the stories we tell ourselves create the realities that we experience. Now, I want to know, uh, so you were crawling around on your hands and knees. You decided, I'm going to give this another shot. So how long after that, and what were the steps that led you from pain to less pain to no pain? Right. When I, when I do consulting, that's usually the first thing people want to know. But it's even deeper than this. It's not about doing. 
It's about being. It is the things that we're doing, like programs, techniques, uh, you know, operating, injecting, whatever. We're doing these things. The brain is hoping you want to do these things. It's saying, yes, do these things. That way you can keep avoiding the cause of it. And so we don't have programs. And we people complain a lot about Dr. Sarno's work. Uh, I didn't tell you what to do. You know, he wrote the greatest back pain book ever, Healing Back Pain. And it does he doesn't lay out anything because it is the doing that's causing the problem. We need to start reflecting. Healing comes through awareness of what's going on and what you're hiding and how you're reacting to life and how you're not react, reacting to life. It is not about, you know, doing X, Y, and Z. Of course, that's the, the that's a cultural mindset in the West. You know, just tell me what to do. I'll jump on it. I'll work hard. I'll get it done. But the more we do that, the worse we get. So it's about sitting back, taking a breath, and say, okay, why do I need a diversion? Why am I not reacting, or why am I reacting this way? And I'm telling you, I work with people all the time, and they heal. They heal. You know, and and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. That's what's happening here. That's wonderful. Do you remember what it was that led you to your awareness, though, that, that led you to accept and, and become aware, wow, this is the emotional enemy, if you like. This is the emotional thing in me that's, that, that, that's creating this pain. Right. Good question. And you said something there very important, too. It's not the enemy. If we view sickness as an enemy or pain as an enemy, then we make it worse because it is us. It is um, a profound part of us that needs loved. Love is the answer. It may sound corny and cliche here, but every prophet's known it, and that's the final solution there. And, of course, the Beatles knew it in 1960, right? Love is the answer. But um, it wasn't one thing. And I wrote this in my first book. It was called The Great Pain Deception, and that book is literally changing the world because of Dr. Sarno. I'm just a messenger. It's not my message. But um, it was little pieces of truth that I would see, like, you know, I'd be in bed laying there, and the pain would shoot through the roof. I wasn't even moving. How could that be structural? You know, how could that possibly be structural? Other times, I'd go out and run or something, and then it would go away. Why would it get worse when you got physical? It had this randomness to it. And then there were times when things weren't going well, and it got much worse. And so I, it was like a puzzle, a me puzzle, M-E. I was putting my life back together. And after about a year and a half, it disappeared when I finally stopped paying attention to it. Because that's what your brain's hoping. Even, it doesn't matter what type of pain or where it is in the body. Your brain is hoping for you to obsess on your body. That's what it wants. It doesn't care where it is. It doesn't care if it's stomach pain, migraines, eye pain. It doesn't matter. I see all kinds of pain. It's hoping that you obsess on your body because it's an obsessive personality type. The more you obsess... Obsession, as we know, as in OCD-like tendencies, it, it alleviates anxiety, which is simply anger that's not expressed. And so it wasn't one thing with me. It was many things. And I laid it out in detail, saying that I made a lot of mistakes, too. I was the, the proverbial bull in the china closet. I, I prolonged my suffering in many ways because I, I often attacked my pain, which I shouldn't have done either. And so mine was a journey. It was a great journey. But you could not explain it any better than you do with this, the title of your show here. <laughs> that is exactly what I did. I changed my story and my life changed because it is not about seeing and then believing. 
which is which is what science does. This is not about science. This is transcend science. People say, I need to see it. Show me some examples, and then I'll believe it. No, it doesn't work that way. You believe it first, and then you will see it. Mm -hmm. And believe it, and then you'll see it happens to be um, a very powerful message that's being delivered by some of the top thought leaders in the world of personal development. And even what you said before, you stop paying attention to the pain because another thing that we hear in personal development is what you focus on expands. Exactly. And mm. I don't know if you noticed, I don't know if you got my book in paperback or on the Kindle, but on the back of the cover of the book, I put a statement by Dr. Sarno that I believe is the most world-changing statement that he made that nobody's paying attention to. When he said, as long as you're preoccupied with what your body is doing, your symptoms will continue. And I finally gave up that obsessive preoccupation of my mind's eye looking and looking and looking. Because when you're doing that, you're creating your current reality by collapsing the potentialities into a singularity. And that is your new reality, what you're focusing on. That's what you're getting more of. Now, we've known this for thousands of years, but they've repackaged this today to call it the, you know, the secret and the law of attraction and things like that. But I mean, thousands of years ago, uh, this is what they talked about. Our reality is based on our beliefs. If you believe you have a bad back or knee or shoulder or whatever, then you do. And you will have that. But thankfully, Dr. Sarno came along, probably the greatest physician that's ever lived, in my opinion, and Howard Stearns, of course. And he showed us, it is not coming from the physical body. It is an emotional process based on your belief, which is based on the false beliefs of other people. Mm -hmm. By the way, for our listeners, um, who I'm sure some of you are going to be questioning this. It's, we're conditioned to question it. In terms of belief, I mentioned Howard Stern. I actually heard Howard's voice on um, a, a recording online where he was talking about this and where he said very clearly that he felt that Dr. Sarno, you know, had helped him to save his life, basically taken away pain. And he mentioned Steve Ozanich's book as well. Um, so this wasn't just something that, you know, false news that I read on the internet. I actually heard Howard Stern say it. Steve, how does our need for connection influence our behavior at an unconscious level? Wow, that's that's a big question, too. This is all happening at the unconscious level, of course. You know, we're not aware of these emotions. We're not aware of the fear and the anger that are present because it's been repressed, which means that we disowned it, cast it into our own shadow. But when it becomes too much, it hits a certain threshold that we can no longer contain it within the unconscious. It's, it's ready to break through to consciousness where we'll actually see it and have to face it. The brain simply increases the symptoms by allowing you to obsess more on the physical body. The closer it gets to awareness, the, the higher that the brain raises the symptom level, the intensity of the unpleasant symptom, so that you will continue to block it, almost like a lid, Dr. Sarno said. It's like a lid holding it in. Now, what the brain chooses to obsess on and focus on is often all around us. And so, you know, the need for connection is our most basic need. 
to be loved, to feel the warmth of the lack of fear, to feel connected, to understand that everything's okay. And so we often mimic other people's behavior. And if you talk to the great TMS physicians out there, they'll tell you, you know, they see that back pain is a learned behavior. And I've had many people tell me, you know, I was doing okay. And I saw a person tell me their foot was hurting and bam, they had foot pain. Uh, there was a guy that in, from a Forbes magazine writer that wrote a great article on Dr. Sarno called America's Best Doctor. And he said in an interview that I saw the guy next to me at work uh, with shoulder pain. And within two weeks, I couldn't raise my arm. And of course, you know, in my book, I talked about the Leroy case in New York where those girls got those Tourette-like symptoms where they were mimicking other people's symptoms. But I guess this all comes down to um, a study in 2001 called No Stress, No Whiplash. It's, it's a great example of what I'm talking about here. These people, they put these people into two Volvo cars and they strapped them in and they mimicked a crash, a virtual crash. There was no crash at all. And after the test, 20% of the people had neck pain, had whiplash, even though their necks never moved. I mean, they were stationary. And then in the, in the long term, 10% people had ongoing chronic whiplash, even though their necks never moved. Now, that's not the point. The point is here that those 10% of the people scored highest on the psychosocial stress scale that they gave during this clinical trial, which means they had the personality type. They had the traumas. They had all everything, the perfect storm ready that they needed a diversion at that time in their life in which this fake test gave them. You know, there was one last year that made me laugh too, um, which probably is a, a good wrap up to this question that they gave a fake pain pill out. I don't know if you saw this on the national news. They said to the people in the trial, this is a fake pain pill. It won't do a damn bit of good for you. And like a third of the people got better. And of course, the scientist said the only conclusion you can come to is that it was the connection between the doctor and the patient that calmed them and soothed them. Mm. Love this. Guys, are you listening? And I do hope that your world right now is turning upside down for the better. I'm not a sadist. <laughs> now, what is our ultimate fear? And how does it influence our relationship to pain? Well, our ultimate fear is loneliness. And that's, that's the core of this, you know, nothingness, not having anyone, not, you know, darkness, not having light, not feeling love. You know, we know now fear is the opposite of love. There's only fear and love in the world. Those are the only two emotions. We can break it down into the minutiae. Six, seven hundred different types of emotions just for to study for study's sake, which they do most often. But there's only love and fear. And so um, the connection comes to love. Fear is the sensation that I'm not, there's no one there for me, which is the greatest fear of every child, of course, is being abandoned. And Dr. Sarno said every, almost every one of my pain patients sits in front of me and tells me I had no emotional support as a child. And so when we feel isolated, alone, lonely, and not going it with somebody else in our life, the pain begins to spread rapidly. And remember, this is a thought process that turns into an emotional process, that turns into a physical process. But when we go to the physician, of course, they, they, they're trained to find something. I've got to find something. So they'll look and they'll say, 
hey, look, you got a herniated disc there. You've got arthritis there. So this is shorter than that, or this is weaker than that. That's their job. But we know from his work that that's wrong. I had a guy last year telling me that uh, he had pain all over his body everywhere. I think he was in the Boston area. And he said, everything hurt. He said, I went and the doctor wanted to do a nerve conduction studies. I don't even know what these things show, but um, he said they did it, but needles all over my body. He said, they came out and he told me, you have severe carpal tunnel in your right hand. And the guy said to me, Steve, that's the only spot on my body I had no pain. <laughs> but honestly, God, truth, that was the only spot he didn't have pain. And so I don't know what they're doing with all this stuff. When you walk into a doctor's office, they need to say, what's going on in your life? That's the only thing they need to be saying. Well, I mean, they need to make sure that you're not dying, of course. They need to. There's, there, I don't, now, this is not an anti-doctor message. I should say this now, right? I mean, because I'm not up here to bash them. We need healers. We need good doctors. We need them. They're very important in every society. What I'm saying here is they're looking at things that aren't the cause, and they're blaming it on that. And the, and the biggest industry has got to be the insurance industry and the medical industry. And Dr. Sarno said if they would take my ideas to heart, that it would be economic chaos within the industry. And he, he never believed that they would. And I don't know. I think we're on the edge of a new paradigm of shift in understanding. I do because it is spreading. I get oh. contacted all around the world. I think you probably see it too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've been aware of this for a while. Uh, the top thought leaders are in touch with this new vision, which actually has very profound ramifications. Uh, there are elements of this vision, this paradigm, that, that's a whole other subject for another podcast, but could actually bring about world peace and abundance. You know, you met Joe Polish and uh, his uh, entourage of people or his circle of influence, people like Peter Diamandis, they're at the forefront of this kind of stuff. And they're helping people to spread the word. Now, you know, the closest that I've come to actually experiencing what you say, understanding the mind-body connection, Sometimes when I wake up in the morning, if I allow my mind to have an anxious thought, a thought that makes me feel uncomfortable, that makes me feel um, inferior, nervous, and worried, I will immediately notice a tightening and a tension in my feet and legs. And because I'm aware of it, I actually shift it by changing the thought. When I change the thought to something that takes me to confidence, empowerment, the tension starts to dissolve. Yes, yes, it's it's a thought process. You know, totally. the, the Bible says, "As you think, so shall you be." And uh, the late great Wayne Dyer always hammered that point home. You know, um, I just literally have thousands of examples. You know, people think that something's wrong with them. I saw Deepak Chopra talking about a friend of his died that uh, he thought he had something serious. And then after he died, they found that his records 20 years before, he, he already had that. It had been there forever. And uh, that's why shamanism was so powerful. 
You yeah. know, they, they, if you believe it, if you believe your doctor, I have people sign on sometimes when I'm doing consulting with them and they have severe back pain or fibromyalgia. And after two hours of talking, it's gone. Because if they believe their doctor's words that I have something called fibro, it's a, it's a disease and I, I can't get rid of it. I have to manage it for life. If you believe that, if that's your thought process, then you cripple yourself. But if you're able to uproot that paradigm and flip it upside down, and so a few people are. And they'll be able to do that and they'll say, ah, in their mind's eye, there's nothing wrong with me. You know, it's, I, my, my thought process crippled me and they can free themselves. Now, this isn't normal. The normal case, these are rare cases, but it, it can happen that quickly. Well, you know, I, I agree. And there are two that come to mind to me that are becoming uh, a little too prevalent in the media. Uh, these expressions are thrown around constantly. ADD, 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 and Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's. And I think our society is inadvertently setting people up to start finding the symptoms of those in their own lives. Yes, and in, in my book, you probably read where I, I went into detail about carpal tunnel when it lit up in the 1990s. Boy, when they claimed it to be a disease, I mean, it went up like 500%. Wow. And, of course, it disappeared. That guy did that great article, and I forget which newspaper it was. And he said, you know, where did it go? All of a sudden, it disappeared, and it was replaced by a new disorder, he said. The new popular, you know, as Dr. Sardo, to his credit, he's the one who said, it's in vogue. Back pain's in vogue. Carpal tunnel's in vogue when you see it. We absorb our surroundings, and those memes are transferred from brain to brain unconsciously. And, and you just said it best, those two things you just named. If you believe that and you allow that to enter your awareness, then there can be problems. You know? And, of course, people say, that frightens me. You know? How do I stop it? Well, belief. Belief, you know, and love. It, it, no matter what we talk about here, love is going to be the answer because love is this awareness. It's, there's no fear in love. You know, if we fear things, we actually pull it to us like a magnet. I see it all the time, and so do a lot of the great minds that you're talking about. Steve, have you ever seen? It's uh, it's on YouTube. The uh, the video comedy routine with Bob Newhart, where he plays a psychiatrist. <laughs> oh yes. You've seen that, right? Yes, and the red the red fox one and Sanford and Son was funny too. Where they thought they had uh, something, some lung disease. Him and Lamont. The, the, the comedy writers are very intuitive about this. Exactly, and for the listeners, uh, you should look it up. It's brilliant because Bob Newhart is a psychiatrist. A woman comes in. He tells her that he's only going to charge her five dollars, and uh, that the session's going to be over in about five minutes and she'll be fine. She goes, wow, this is amazing. And so she starts to describe her problem and he just looks at her very seriously and he says, okay, this is what I'm going to tell you that's going to help you. She goes, what? What is it? He goes, stop it. <laughs> that's, <right. laughs> that's it. That is it. Stop it. Because you... <laughs> So one of, the, what, one of the more profound ones, if I can quickly, was on MASH. I saw. Um, remember, remember the psychiatrist Sydney, was uh -huh. it Friedman? Sydney Friedman, I think. There was a, uh, I think it was a South Korean uh, soldier who was like a, a spy, and he he hated selling out his countrymen so bad that he tried committed suicide several times. 
And so Sydney went into the operating room and uh, he get, he made his hand shake. He, he did some type of hypnotic thing to make his hand quiver. And he said, why'd you do that? And he said, to allow him to focus his attention on that and away from the emotional pain of selling out his countrymen. And that's basically TMS that we're talking about here. That writer knew that. You know, something to focus on when we don't like what we see because it comes down to extreme guilt. Wow. This is, this is, this is life-changing stuff. So what is the nocebo effect? N-O-C-E-B-O. That is a Latin word that means I shall harm. And that's basically what's happening quite a bit within the medical industry. When they say, look, you've got a herniated disc. And a lot of people tell me he circled the disc with the mouse cursor. There it is. And my pain skyrocketed. Or there, there's some arthritis. Or you're going to get this and you're going to get that. And you better do this and you better do that. They're planting the seeds of fear, which is the opposite of love. And they are growing this problem. All of the epidemics are coming from the faulty diagnosis. This is, this is an emotional process in almost every part of our health and all of our health issues. But nobody, I shouldn't say nobody, there's only a very few amount of people we call the TMS physicians who are actually talking to the patient and understanding what's going on there. And, of course, the opposite of that is the placebo effect. Is I think most of the people have heard of that, which means I shall please. Whatever pleases the person at an unconscious level tends to heal them, even if it doesn't mean anything like surgery or a, a manipulation in the spine or, or, or a, an injection or like the steroidal injections. They're, they're not really doing anything. But if it pleases that person, that person tends to heal. And so the placebo effect is part of the problem because once the person heals, like from an injection or from a, a, a surgery, they believe they did indeed have something physically wrong at that point when they did not. Their, their deeper self just believed it and it worked. You know, um, what can we do or what do you think should be done to remove the stigma from the word placebo? Because people still think of it as, oh, it was just the placebo effect, you know, uh, which to most people's minds, oh, it wasn't real. Yes. And then, of course, they get offended again. And then, then of course, that's ego. It gets defensive. Ego is the most destructive force in our lives. And it, 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 if it wants to protect what it's hiding underneath, it will do at all costs by lashing out. And so, you know, Andrew Wiles always said this, Dr. Wiles, you know, we, we need to stop calling it that because people get so offended by it. it it's almost a pejorative now. Mm -hmm. But he said we should call it the healing effect, which is a really, really great term. Of course. Yeah. Uh, I agree because uh, people put a, a negative spin. Again, it's, it's a story that the word placebo communicates unfortunately, because of the way our culture sees it. How, how can Jim Carrey help us understand the back pain debate? And I'm thinking of a movie that you mentioned in your book, The Number 23. Right. That was a kind of a cool movie. He always picks these cool roles, but um, he can, I guess. He's able to do it right now. But um, they, they, the, the Number 23 is about finding patterns everywhere. 
looking and looking and looking. You know, Jesus said, seek and you will find. And that's what's happening here. We can find a pattern in anything, which is basically what's called apophenia. No, it doesn't really have any meaning, but we can find patterns if you want to. And that's basically running away too. You know, like, you know, hip, replace your hip. You know, people think, some people think it worked, but it most likely doesn't. It switches to the other hip. You know, and they can say, oh, well, now you're placing more emphasis on this. So you start drawing these patterns. And so if you keep looking for patterns, you will find them. It's really the, the heart of quantum physics. The late, great John Wheeler was one of my heroes. I think he passed away in the early 2000s. He said, I have no doubt that we'll find new planets because we're looking. You know, we're creating them through atom energy, this matter through energy. And after John Wheeler died, I don't know if anybody noticed last year, but they found a couple more planets. You know, <laughs> when, when we, it was all over the national news. I can't remember what they named them. But when we look for something, we basically create that reality through our thought process. You know, uh, energy converted into matter. And so that's why I said Dr. Sarno's statement was so powerful. As long as you are preoccupied with what your body is doing, your symptoms will continue. You're basically creating that loop constantly. And so I had to break that obsessive stranglehold, but this is the problem, this personality type, the type T, who are anxiety, more warriors, more perfectionistic, more goodest, want everybody to get along. They push themselves, push themselves, push themselves very hard. They are have a higher obsession rate, you know, higher anxiety. And so they need more diversion. And so they keep looking and looking and looking, creating a self-fulfilling prophecy. Now, in the movie, the number 23, what was the specific thing that uh, Jim Carrey became obsessed with? I can't remember now. I can't remember now. I wrote that so long ago. <laughs> okay. Uh, I know it's classified as a horror film because uh, he began to see the number 23 as some kind of bad omen. And wherever number 23 came up, he found really bad things. Yeah, and that's the fear. You know, when we fear, we attract it. Mm -hmm. when, we, when we look for love, we attract it. You know, when we look for peace, we attract it. Mm. Well, I love it. What is the number one acceptable reason to miss work? Well, currently, actually, I think in 2016, last year or the year before, the World Health Organization declared that back pain was now the number one acceptable reason to miss work. It's become pandemic across the continents. And I believe from, from what I know in Dr. Sarno's work, it's because they're trying to fix the spine. They're trying to solve the effect and they're not getting to the cause of it, of which is an, an emotional process. Now, don't you also believe that if a person finds it easy to miss work because of a back pain problem, it's more of a reason to hold on to the back pain problem because if they called and said, you know what, I can't come in because I'm dealing with uh, releasing an emotional stress, their boss would say, very, very good. You're going to have more emotional stress if you don't come in. Right. It's acceptable. That's the word. We, we accept physical problems we understand them you know mm -hmm. we we get help from people with them and uh emotional problems are often taboo which is a shame it really is because we're emotional beings dr sarno often said everybody should go see a therapist everybody in the world 
he used to say, especially congressmen, he would say. <laughs> but, um, you know, we all need help. We all need love. We all need to know that we're safe. And um, right now, if and that's why I mentioned the carpal tunnel back in the 90s, when it became acceptable, it skyrocketed. Now, there was a great TMS physician, too, Dr. Mark Sofer, who wrote the foreword for my first book. He was trained under Dr. Sarno, too. He said, I, I believe it's foot pain. He said, when I started my practice 25 years ago at that point, he said, nobody had foot pain. Nobody came into my office. And now, almost everybody. And he said he saw it on TV, you know, this and that, and more people were getting it. And they began to transfer this meme. And when the person needs a diversion, when things begin to overrun them, overwhelm them, they will use what is ever available at the time. And of course, whatever is acceptable is more preferable. We don't really want to give ourselves something that's not acceptable, although it does happen on occasion. But And so back pain is currently it. I believe that that will change at some point to something else when whatever becomes popular. The brain is a trickster. Mm -hmm. The brain is a trickster. Now, what are Tiger Woods' milestones of misery and happiness, and what can they teach us about back pain? Yeah, he, you know, I never meant to pick on him because I admire him, but um, I, he's in both of my, or all three of my books. And uh, he's a great example, once again. Dr. Sarno had learned early on that it is the self-imposed demands that we place on ourselves and our lives to be good people and to accomplish certain things and to be accepted that cause all of our suffering. And he's right. And Tiger has always said, since I was a little boy, his only goal was simply to be the best in the world. That was all. That was, that was it. All right. Now, when he's not being the best, then certainly his spasms increase. And it does. Every time he's pulled out of a tournament, he wasn't shooting well. And you can blame it on the, on the back pain, but I'm blaming it on the score that's turning into the back pain. And of course, this all comes about because of his, he's still trying to please his father. You know, he still misses him. That was his mentor and the, the love of his life. And uh, all children at some point, even as adults, are still trying to please their parents. And so he's a little bit lost right now. He really is. I was doing a live interview out of Lansing, Michigan. I told the guy, I it won't work. A surgery won't work. And it didn't. So they called me back. Come on back in and tell us why it didn't work. I said, the next one won't work. And I went back again. It's going to continue. I think he's had four surgeries now. They're trying to mechanically engineer his body when they really need to sit down and talk to his heart and say, listen, you're placing so much pressure on yourself. The world you know, wants you to do it. Hurry, Tiger. Hurry, do it. And it's really too much. It's too much to ask of one person. Now, I really feel sorry for him at some point. Well, here's an idea. If you tried to get in touch with them, you probably would run up against uh, an army of gatekeepers. Oh, boy. That's but true. Yes, go ahead. What about approaching Howard Stern to see how, through his circle of influence, it might be able to get a message to Tiger? Good point. Howard also has many, many gatekeepers. <laughs> You know, um, it's part of the life. You know, you, we just can't handle everything that's coming in our way. But that's a good point. You know, I have called Excel Management t Tiger's team. And yeah, I think they think, you know, Tiger's got the best surgeons and doctors in the world. Of who course. Of course. Who are you? You're just some guy. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. And then they're probably also thinking you're just some guy who hopes that he can you can skyrocket your career 
uh, on, you know, Mr. Tiger Woods' name and reputation. Probably, yeah, probably true. But sure. I know a lot of other people have done it too. They've contacted him, you know, trying to, we're trying to help people. You know, I, let's just, every time we help somebody, it gives you a great reward in your heart to be able to help somebody, you know, and I see him suffering, but, you know, it wouldn't hurt. It didn't hurt when, when Howard Stern healed after one session with Dr. Sarno. Remember that. He was in pain for decades. Had one session with him. The same with John, what was his name? John Stossel. He was at ABC at the time. 20 years of back pain. He thought it was because of a cracked vertebrae in his back. And Dr. Sarno told him, that's a normal abnormality. A lot of people have these stress fractures in their spine. And one session, John Stossel's pain went away too. And he said, I'm embarrassed. He said, I was embarrassed that I was doing it to myself, which a lot of people feel at first. But as soon as we heal, we are so happy to try to help other people. We want to try to spread the word, but we get knocked down at every turn. But we still keep trying. You know, we still keep trying. Here's a thought. I understand why people would be embarrassed because the ego is uh, feeling the embarrassment. But the next step after you get over the embarrassment should be, wow, look at how much power I have. Boy, look at true. Yeah, the, it's like my mind is so powerful that I can create anything. That's, that is true. Very true. It's frightening to some people. I don't know if you know Marianne Williamson. But oh, that's really, yeah, that's her. Yeah, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. She, Return to Love is the name of it, which is, the, which is what we're all doing eventually here. Um, the most central theme of her work has been that great statement that she made that, you know, your greatest fear is not you that you're inferior, but that you have power beyond belief. Mm. And that's what I'm seeing here, too. You know, it scares people. It really frightens them, you know. And I, I'll say this, too. The Golf Digest magazine contacted me. Jaime Diaz, he's a, a Hall of Fame writer for them. He said, I think Tiger's got something called TMS. Can you help me understand it? I said, absolutely. I sure can, you know. And he wrote, they wrote a great piece, page after page after page. And they put one paragraph in about Dr. Sarno's work. And Tiger's uh, handlers, I guess, put out a statement. Tiger is not considering a psychosomatic component at this point in time. That was all they said. Mm, but the, I believe at, he is. I believe that behind the scenes he probably is. Yeah, probably is. You know, at this point in time is their, uh, their window to allow, okay, now he is, you know. <laughs> right, yeah. You know, I, when he's tired of his suffering, that's when he'll, he'll, like I did, I got tired of my own suffering and then I opened up my heart and mind. Wow. Steve, what is the symptom imperative? Oh, I was hoping you would ask this question. <laughs> this, I believe, is Dr. Sarno's most brilliant observation that should have won him the Nobel Prize in medicine. And he discovered that whenever you do anything to the body to try to heal it, it just shifts forms. We see people get back surgery and they'll say, oh, my back surgery worked because I had a herniated disc. And then they get an ulcer. But they don't know that that's the same cause of the back pain. It, the back surgery didn't do anything. It just shifted forms. We see it all the time. I had a guy tell me, I had such knee pain. I had meniscus tearing in it, osteoarthritis in it. I, my doctor showed me bone on bone on the imaging. I knew you were wrong. I knew Dr. Sarna was wrong. I read his book. It didn't do a damn thing. I read your book. It didn't do a damn thing. And then he said, I broke my ankle. 
and my knee pain disappeared immediately and it never came back. Wow. You see, he had what's what we would call a greater diversion now, the break. He didn't need the, his brain didn't need the knee pain as a diversion anymore. It just shifted to the higher, the higher, I guess, unpleasant symptom. This mm. is how powerful it is. The mind is so powerful. It really, really truly is. And so the symptom imperative, I told Dr. Sarno, I believe this was your greatest observation because it solved all of our health problems. You know, we're used to say, this person's so unlucky. Look, they, they had neck surgery. Now they got knee surgery. Now they got to go in for, you know, some type of abdominal surgery. It's all the same thing. It was all the same thing. It was only shifting forms. He answered the the big question for us of why people are generally so unhealthy. That's why in my second book, which was called Dr. John Sarno's Top 10 Healing Discoveries, on the cover of it, I have a big puzzle piece because he answered, he, he put the final piece of the puzzle together for us. Mm -hmm. What is artificial healing? Artificial healing would be anything that we do, like, uh, you know, surgery or medication or stretching or stabbing or anything you do to heal the body when it's not a body problem at all. And so at that point, if it's done artificially, it will simply shift because of this symptom imperative. The imperative is something that demands attention from us, and we know what a symptom is. And so people will very common, even on my TMS Healing Wall of Victory, you'll see the guy named Greg that was on there. He said, I had shoulder surgery. The doctor told me he had a bad shoulder, but it was just TMS. He had it operated on, shifted to the other shoulder. That's what it does. The brain will simply just go the other way, sometimes bilaterally like that. And of course, they'll, they'll tell people, oh, you're putting more pressure on the other side. That is not true at all. It's because of this symptom shift that Dr. Sarno discovered. Well, this guy, Greg, he discovered my book in between before getting the second surgery operated on, and he healed. It was pretty nice, too. He drove nine hours in to meet me. It was really, really pretty cool. But um, this is how powerful the brain is. When it needs to divert fear and guilt and shame, it will do so in any fashion that it can. And if you do not get to the cause of it, the reason, and you do something artificially, it will just simply shift. Yes, that is truly revolutionary, my friend. This next phrase in your book particularly appeals to me because of my background in drama. What is the shadow imperative? Well, I think Lamont Cranston probably knows this, right? But um, hmm. it's, a, it's a phrase that I created playing off of Dr. Sarno's the symptom imperative. I've seen this happen. When I can finally get people to stop obsessing on the body and focusing on the body and, and understand that there's nothing wrong with the body, that it's coming from another cause, sometimes it won't shift in the body as in the symptom imperative. It will simply go outside. And, you know, the shadows from Carl Jung's work, the great Swiss psychiatrist Carl Jung's work on the shadow. Everybody's got this dark side. We throw everything we don't want into it. And I've seen people, they'll, they'll heal from TMS and they'll start becoming phobic or they'll start obsessing uh, one of the great uh, most common ones is extreme fitness you know they obsess on every aspect of fitness you know you know their the food that's in their bodies and they're running and the the looking and the and they're getting the apple watches and counting their calories and that they're still they don't realize they're still shifting the problem but it's no longer in the body as in the symptom imperative. It's outside the body. And so I created that phrase to say that as long as we have fear, 
we will need some type of diversion. And uh, it manifests in many ways because the shadow, the shadow erupts in many, many different odd ways. I, I mentioned Renona Ryder in my first book about how she was caught in sex, Fifth Avenue, cutting off the price tags on the clothing. That's mm. what, what he called a shadow need. You know, she obviously could afford to buy anything, but there was something, an unmet need that needed to do that, that, that needs attention. And that's what the word imperative is. You know, it, it demands mm. attention. I love that. That is good. That is very good. What are the three approaches to healing back pain that are prevalent now? Well, the main approaches, of course, are, you know, what we call the uh, medical industry approach, where, you know, we will, we will operate, or we will medicate it, or we will stretch it or something or strengthen it, something to the physical side of it, which I believe now is disappearing because of the advent of the internet and people like you who are, are allowing people to get the truth out. You know, and then, of course, the, the other method is called the multidisciplinary approach, which I think is the more dangerous one in the sense that it's causing more problems. This one is the kitchen sink approach. They're saying, well, everybody's not the same. You know, maybe back pain's not for you, but maybe this one is for you. And so they're, they're kind of loosening up the stranglehold a little bit, but it's causing more problems because people think, well, I'm unique. Mine's different than everybody else's. And so this worked for me. It doesn't work for you. That's okay. But it's still a body problem, but it isn't. And then, of course, there's Dr. Sarno's approach, which is the most successful. Maybe we haven't said that yet here while we're talking, but his success rate was like 98%. You know, the, the now the people are screened in the sense that they make sure nothing's serious happening there, you know. And then they has to ask them, would you be open to the fact that this isn't from the body, but it's from the mind and about 80 percent would say no i can't i don't believe that i saw my imaging so that, that that small group of people who said yeah i believe this is the problem they almost all of them virtually heal and so his is by and large the greatest but i'll say this too some of my strongest allies now are chiropractors and medical doctors who my first book helped to alleviate their pain and so they're on board and so this message is spreading as in a grassroots campaign, person by person, as everybody heals, they begin telling people around them. Of course, they get met with great resistance, like it's the word you opened this up with, you know, great resistance. And so, you know, when people are ready, they will heal. You know, uh, you just made me think of a great story that's, uh, I believe, in your book, and you also mentioned it on Joe Polish's podcast, worth telling our listeners. You have received personal calls from medical professionals who want to thank you for your work because it helped them tremendously. And then they're afraid to even let you mention their names. And tell the story about the person who was hiding behind the plant. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was up north a little bit, almost towards you, I think that was. Yeah, that was just one, you know, she had hip pain really bad. And of course, I, I, I think it was nine years, she told me. And of course, the doctor said, we need to replace that hip because there's arthritis there. It looks worn out and that. And then we've all got arthritis in our hips and we all do. My hip's so bad now. I think they would freak out that I'm even walking, but there's no pain there because it's not coming from there. But um, I talked to her on the phone explained to her about TMS, Dr. Sarno's work, and she emailed me, I can't remember if it was the next day or a couple days later, 
I was out over the weekend and riding my, she had a motorcycle, I was riding my motorcycle and I never felt better. The awareness that there was nothing wrong with her and this was being caused by the unconscious actually freed her. And she was telling me this on the phone and I said, why are you whispering? You know, I can't hardly hear you. So well, I'm hiding behind a plant because she worked, <laughs> she worked in a chronic pain clinic. And I actually had a, a scientist from Michigan who emailed me to say, uh, I'm, I want to thank you. We had a patient that had two years of pain. We couldn't do anything for that patient. They came in without pain. We asked them what went on. And the person said, I read this book, The Great Pain Deception. And this scientist looked at it and she said, I also want to thank you for my own back pain because it's virtually gone now because of your book. But she also told me, if, if I tell my colleagues this, my career is over because it's based on how many people you get. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a spine surgeon in Seattle. His name's David Hanscom, who had such severe back pain that he was contemplating suicide, even though he was operating on people's backs, you know, by the thousands. He found Dr. Sarno's work and he healed. And he wrote a book called Back in Control. I saw him say on a YouTube video, you know, my hospitals called me in and told me, stop talking to these people, operate. There's no money in TMS, Whoa. you know, because the truth frees us, nothing else. Whoa. You know, the truth of in our heart, it's, it's a shame, but it's an industry. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. Woo. It's, 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 it's sad. It's, yeah, it is. It, is. it really sad. is. It really it's is. tragic. But, um, so oh, sure. oh, no, yeah, the, the, the first woman was hiding behind the plant. Was she a, um, she was a nurse? I'm not, actually, I don't know exactly what she was. I know she was, she was in an office or standing outside of an office. That's all I knew. When I work with people, I really don't know what they do other than before I sign on with them. I know everything about them. I you know, know that they've had a trauma already. You know, it's very funny because I mean, I've, I've experienced, uh, that kind of, mindset from my doctor who happens to be a really good doctor uh but you know the only modality she understands is the one that she learned in school anything outside of that doesn't fit and um 11 years ago she wanted to put me on uh lipitor for uh the beginnings of high cholesterol i did it for one or two days i hated it hated the way it made me feel i said nope and I discovered a nutritional system that was totally natural that rebalanced my body chemistry. I went back, had my blood tested, and she goes, wow, you don't really need Lipitor anymore. But you see, the nutritional system also helped me to release 22 pounds. And she said, how long did it take you to lose this weight? I said, 24 days. She goes, it's too fast. I said, well, I apologize for getting healthy too quickly. <laughs> exactly. She failed to say the humor in that. But it's, it's, uh, it wasn't within what she understood. She didn't nope. learn that you should lose that fast. Nope. Now, you touched briefly on this, but what is the relationship between blood flow and back pain? Yes, that was what Dr. Sano hypothesized as far as what was going on physiologically within us, that the brain was reducing the blood flow to certain parts of the body to create a painful symptom on purpose 
so that the person would have to rivet and obsess their focus onto the physical body and away from the true cause, which was too painful for them. He supported that with uh, uh, studies, rheumatology studies on fibromyalgia patients when they looked at the cells, that the cells were 50% down in oxygen in people with pain. Now, I don't know whether we'll ever prove that. I don't know whether he even cared because the people were healing virtually every time that he came in. But if people need an explanation physiologically, that's as close as we can come to it. Mm. Mm -hmm. Steve, where do you see yourself in five years? It's a great question, too. I, when I had severe pain, I would, have had, I would have had an answer for that. It was all about planning and control. And a guy's got to go this way for me. It's got to go that way for thee. And what me, me, I, I, I don't think that way anymore. I will take care of today's problems. Whatever happens in five years, well, I'll be excited to see it. Hmm. Yeah, and I think because you will be excited to see it as opposed to be anxious about it, it will yes. be some. It will be something good. Good point. You know, uh, you've mentioned books. Uh, are there? Is there one that comes to mind that is one of your favorites? Could be about anything. It could be about anything. No, no, not of yours. I mean, oh, um, yours should be one of your favorites. Yeah, yeah, yes, they are. Um, yeah, healing back pain by Doctor Sarno was what we call the Bible of back pain. My, my first book, The Great Pain Deception, they, they call the encyclopedia of back pain. Um, but there was a book called The Will to Live that I thought was, it was just revelatory. It's, it was written in the 1950s, I believe, by a guy named Arnold Hutschnecker. He died in the 90s at 102 years old. I remember he was Richard Nixon's doctor, but that book, I think that guy got it. He really got it. it. He said they would come into my office and they would demand to be operated on. He said, I could see that they were trying to cut out unconscious guilt. And um, take, take in mind, this is in the 1950s, but everything that he said in there rang so true. Rang so true. But there are other good books like Dr. Jim Polsky's book, Love is Letting Go of Fear. That's a transformative book, too. And uh, The Divided Mind by Dr. Sarno. I had stacks of them around here at one point, but I, you also get to the point where you say, you know what? It's not about intellect. It's about heart. Mm. When we can move into our heart, then we're free. The intellect is almost like a prison force to know more, the need to do this, the need to do that, the need to understand. In the Bhagavad Gita alone, it says, all knowledge dissolves into love. And so the answer is love. That is it, you know, and... Uh, we're going that way. If we allow ourselves to do that, we free ourselves. Well, they're also discovering, I believe, that uh, the heart has its own intelligence. Uh, yes. it's, it's almost like the heart has its own brain, if you like. It, it has uh, brain neurons on it. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So they're going to be revealing a lot more about this, I'm sure, in the very, very near future. Um, you know, regarding the man who wrote the um, will to live, he would have to understand guilt because uh, he was working with uh, Richard Nixon. <laughs> now, let's see here. How can people, con uh, how about a favorite quote? Would it be the Marianne Williamson? I don't know. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but. 
Well, I may have said it, you know, as you think, so shall you be. That's a very powerful one, but uh, I've been using quite a bit of them recently. I'm an aphorism guy. My whole first book is just riddled with aphorisms. I have them taped all over the walls of my house. But, um, you know, love is letting go fear is a good one, too. It's a great one, too. Who said but, that? Um, Who said that? That was Gerald Jampolsky that, that is, a, is a psychiatrist that wrote a book called Love is Letting Go of Fear. But that book is ba based on the a Course in Miracles anyway. That's where he got the, the foundation for that book. And so, yeah, I would say, you know, your thoughts. If you think that your body's broken, then it is. If you think that you are already healed, then you are. If you think it's going to take a long time to heal, then it will. You know, it reminds me of uh, the great Henry Ford when he said, whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're right. Absolutely. Would you share with our listeners the quote that you opened your first book with? I don't know if you call it a quote so much, but it's Schopenhauer's uh, talking about the three stages of truth. Yes, you know, I even called the Schopenhauer Institute before I put that in there. <laughs> you know, th that book was very well researched, but he said all truth passes through three stages. First, it is ridiculed. Second, it is violently opposed. And third, it is accepted as self-evident. Mm. Now, I believe we're past the first stage with Dr. Sarno's work on a ridicule, although there's still people doing it. We're basically in now to violent opposition and stepping into the acceptance stage right now. And of course, that's my job. I want to spread truth. That's why I'm doing this work because it set me free. And I've seen virtually tens of thousands of people heal from various things, you know, from the worst things to just chronic lifetime things. And so it gives great meaning to do this, and I want to thank you. It was very kind of you to allow me to talk about this. Mm. Well, it, it was exciting to me when I heard you interviewed, and then when I picked up the book. So, yeah, uh, it's you're welcome, and thank you for putting this kind of awareness into the world because it is so important. How can people contact you, Steve? Sure, uh, steveozanich.com. They can get me at my website, or you can find me on Facebook if they want. Some people around the world do that internationally. They like to get me that way. I think they feel it's safer for some reason. But um, they can they can find me there, and uh, I'll be happy to try to help them or put them in the right direction. Spell spell your last name for them. And it's Steve is S-T-E-V-E. -E. Right. right. And then O-Z-A-N-I-C-H, steveozanich.com. And please tell us again the title of your latest book and tell people where they can get it. Sure. The latest book is Back Pain, Permanent Healing, Understanding the Myths, Lies, and Confusion. And Amazon, you can get it there. And uh, you can probably go into a bookstore and order it. But when you get deals with Amazon, you know, they won't let you do this and that. It's actually on audiobook right now, too. I just released it. Would it be on Audible? Yes, audible.com has my second and third books, and I'm working on the first one now. Oh, my God. Listen, listeners, you guys know that as a listener to this show, you can get uh, your choice of an audio an audio book 
absolutely free. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash story power. Um, yeah, wow, that's fantastic. Any final thoughts that you would like to leave our storytellers with? Yes. If you don't believe this, I can tell you that it's true. And you have to ask yourself, why don't I believe the truth? That's the bigger question right there. You know, why do you hang on to your suffering? Free yourself from yourself. The great Sufi poet and philosopher Rumi said, you know, why do you sit in prison when the jail door is wide open? Mm. So if you say, if I bring you this handful of information, I say, listen, this can take your chronic suffering away. If your first thought is, that's garbage, you have to ask yourself why you want to sit in prison. I love that. And I would add, even if you don't believe it, and all it would mean would be to reach out and get the book, maybe for free if you want, and explore what's in it, what would stop you from doing that if you're in pain? That's a great point because I didn't believe it either. So fact, there may be other people like me. You said that you actually took Dr. Sarno's book and threw it across the room. Yes, yes, because wow. I thought he was crazy. I thought he was just some wacky old guy trying to market stuff, you know. Here, he was just this great, brilliant man of great compassion. He was trying to help people. And I rejected it because I know now it was true. That is why I was so angry. You know, it, the closer to the nerve, the more pain. Mm, mm, mm. Steve, I can't thank you enough. This is really, really one of the most uplifting interviews I've had. I have many, many great ones. Um, I've really enjoyed this. I know that people will be getting a lot out of it. So thank you again for your uh, priceless contribution, my friend. Thank you for this opportunity. It was very kind of you. Well, I received that. that um, okay, I won't say anything more. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you once again, storytellers, for spending time today with me and Steve in what I consider one of the most powerful and potentially transformative podcasts that I've ever had. What he was offering you is a radically different way of looking at who you are and a radically different view of the world you live in. Please pay this forward. Pay this challenging and exciting podcast forward. Let people know that they can hear it on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, and at the website, changeyourstorypodcast.com. Encourage people, and of course you take advantage of, the free gift that I have created for you at that website. It's a downloadable free ebook called Storytelling Secrets for a Rich Life and Business. Steve mentioned many incredible books. Please take advantage of the offer from our sponsor, Audible, and download one of those books as an audiobook absolutely free. Just go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash 
story power. This was an exciting and controversial kind of podcast. Send your messages, even if you totally disagreed with Steve. Share your feelings, your thoughts. Send your messages to Lewis, L-O-U-I-S, at changeyourstorypodcast.com. You can also send them to Lou's Club, L-O-U-S-C-L-U-B, at gmail.com. I've decided to give you a special offer today. I am passionate about helping people to empower themselves, and I love rewarding action takers. So, for the first three people who reach out to me, basically raise your hand and say, I would like a 30-minute free consultation with you. This is what you will receive. We will get on to the telephone, if that suits you best, Skype, or Zoom, whichever you prefer. I will reveal to you one communication secret that is so powerful and so easy to use that as soon as you get off the call with me, you'll be able to implement it and you will instantly become a more engaging, compelling communicator. I have taught elite corporate executives, entrepreneurs, salespeople, network marketers to communicate with clarity, confidence, and power. They pay me $125 for 30 minutes of my time when I work with them one-on-one. -on -one. I'm offering this gift for free to the first three people who step up and say, yes, I want this. The contact info, once again, Lewis, L-O-U-I-S, at changeyourstorypodcast.com or at Lou's Club, L-O-U-S-C-L-U-B, at gmail.com. Steve presented potentially life-changing information today. I know that it will bring up resistance and fear in many people. I am challenging you, my storytellers, to have the courage to suspend your judgment no matter what you're feeling. Look inside of you. Ask yourself, have I been living with any kind of pain, physical, emotional, or mental, that I've just accepted as the way things are? If that's the case, I would ask you to begin by picking up a copy of Steve's book. Read the book. Then ask yourself, how can I change my story and change my life? Tune in to the next episode of Louis DiBianco's podcast. Become unstoppable as you learn to change your story, change your life.